Bill Sang, and this is the Bill Sang Podcast. Thank you for joining us for our Made in Finley segment. I am here with the owner of Heavenly Pizza, Joshua Elker. Josh, yeah. thanks for joining us on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. So, Josh, are you from Finley originally? I'm actually not from Finley. I'm from born and raised in Tiffin. My grandparents lived in Finley, so we were in Finley about every weekend kind of hanging out over here, but not from Finley. Okay, so you spent quite a bit of time in Finley. Do you currently live in Finley? Yes. Yeah, we currently live in Finley. You do. That probably makes business a little bit easier, right? It really does. It makes doing things in the afternoon in between shifts a little bit easier because you don't have that, uh, the commute. That's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, AJ's Heavenly Pizza, mm-hmm. also not native to Finley. Can Correct. You, can you tell us a little bit about uh, AJ's mm-hmm. Origins? So the origins was actually my father-in-law, uh, John Hill, was the A or the J for the AJs, and his best friend in high school is the A, and he's he's full Italian. His name's Ignazio Abalone. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so that's <laughs> that's a why that's why they didn't go with uh, with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they were in uh, they worked pizza shops like through like they're into high school and just after high school and stuff up in Michigan where they're from. I think it's Wyandotte, Michigan. Hmm. Um, and they got saved and they were just, they're on fire for God and they wanted, uh, something that they could do to kind of help spread the word and have their own ministry. And they mm-hmm. just, they really liked pizza. So putting the scripture on the box and on all of our advertisements, that, that was their ministry. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And there's a whole story about wrong turn, right place, how they ended up in Tiffin. And there's a lot of coincidences there that, you know. You know as well as I do that there's not coincidence. It's just a hand of God yeah. really directing them to where they're supposed to be. But, but yeah, so they started in Michigan and they ended up in Tiffin in 1981. You know, I don't know how many people would make the connection between uh, between ministry and pizza. That's very fascinating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I do have to say that my um, my dad, he's an optometrist here in town. And uh, that's actually what he used for his ministry, too. I mean, when you get into an environment where you're giving somebody an exam and they sit down in your chair for you to check their eyes up, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so they, get to, they get to hear the gospel as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, and that's one of the things that I think is really cool about this segment as well is that, um, you know, people of faith, seeing why they're passionate about what they do and how they use that in in a way that is for uh, God's kingdom. So mm-hmm. that's really neat. So I, I had no, well, I mean, I, I should have put two and two together there that, yes, of course, it was founded for the sake of ministry purposes. <laughs> Heavenly Pizza with the dove, John 3.16 yep. on the box. Yep, exactly. So uh, it's pretty clear right there. So uh, how did you get involved? I mean, you said you said it was your father-in-law, yep, father-in-law. right? Okay. Yep. So how did, uh, how did, Things get wrong as far as you being involved with ages. So me, my dad actually, when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, started delivering pizzas there um, as a second job. Um, so he delivered pizzas, so I'd go in and hang out with him at the pizza shop and go on deliveries with him. Um, and just our two families just got really close, and we started hanging out all the time, and just you know got to know his daughter. Started working at the shop, and then no, I don't know what happened and, when you right. got to know his daughter. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I I worked there and I've kind of always wanted to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of different Mm. things I tried, you know, I thought accounting would be good because I like math. Didn't like that. Um, I did, um, 
I went to Sentinel Career Centers over there, which is like the like mill stream for Finley. So I did building trades. I thought that'd be kind of cool. And then I just started doing pizza. I just ended up being pretty good at it and just was there for 10 years. And then we opened up over here. So what was that spark moment where all of a sudden it's, it, it went from making pizzas to, you know, I could do this. I, I could, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how that whole transition from being a worker to being an owner mm-hmm. happens, but how did that happen for you? Gosh, I think it was just, a, it was over several years. I think it was over time. It wasn't necessarily like this, I think I'd rather just go do this on my own. I think it just kind of happened over time. You know, when you're when you're managing anything, retail or restaurant, you know, you, you are putting in a lot of hours. And, you know, my father-in-law has four kids. So eventually, like whenever things get passed down, it's passed down to the four kids. And, well, I'd like something that I could leave to my children. Um and obviously splitting a fourth of something. And I have five kids amongst five. It just gets to be a pretty small portion. So it was like, um, it was something I was already putting in the hours. So I just thought it was natural for me to start my own. So I had something that I could leave for my kids. That's great. Yeah. And that's another great thing about business too, is that's something that you, that, that you can leave a, a legacy. I mean, exactly. you started off with the story uh, with how it was founded and it was within family and it's been passed down to family. And I'm guessing you're probably foreseeing that in the future it's going to be a family business that uh, that can continue to be passed down through the generations, God willing. Mm-hmm. So you said that you were very interested in entrepreneurship. What was appealing about it to you? You know, I can't, I mean, probably because at the time I was a kid, so I probably just looked like most people like, oh, they own a business. They probably have lots of money. Like, I don't know. I think that might have been part of it, but um, I just kind of that being your own boss and directing your own path a little bit is always is always intriguing as long as you're willing to put put the work in um which is kind of that's really what separates people i think is some people are cool working the nine to five and other people they want a little bit more than that or they don't mind doing more than that so yeah. I think sometimes that's the difference so and you also have people that work for you um as well how does that play in kind of purpose for life I think it all plays in. I mean, it really all ties in. Things it just kind of has developed as my my own personal faith has developed, and just naturally start to. I mean, I, I hire high school kids, yeah. And some of the crap that these kids have to deal with, it's stuff that, I mean, I'm not super old. I'm pushing forty, but I'm not like and the stuff they do. I have no idea what they deal with yeah. until they start working for me, and then it's a, you get to mentor them, mm-hmm. right? You can help them get through some of the stuff, and they just deal with so much garbage it's in the world right now and you know some of them have people that they can confide in and, and talk to and some people don't so the fact that you know and you're able to right you're able to share your faith with them mm-hmm. you know i mean that's what we lean on for security and that kind of stuff I and mean, they just don't have that so yeah. that's that's just been something we've been able to slide into seamlessly that's just been a really good motivator you know that's one of the things that i, I was kind of naive after i graduated high school for some reason i thought that everybody was a christian and that might sound weird I, I literally thought everybody was a christian and the people that weren't were just bad people that wanted to be bad people and uh it, and it, it never dawned on me that so many people actually do not have faith in christ and and do not have religious beliefs and do not have a support system like a family, you know, to be able to help them out. I remember I was sitting in a Bible study at Cleveland State University and we were going around the room sharing prayer requests. Both my parents saved. They brought me up in the faith and I, I appreciated it and all that, but I never really thought much of it until we're going around this prayer circle 
And everybody in this group is saying, yeah, I need prayer for my parents. They're not saved. I need prayer for my parents. They're not saved. I need prayer for my parents. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, to, to think about how many children, like you said, have parents that are not saved. And to think about what the circumstances have got to be for them. And also, I, I coach wrestling as well uh, at Finley High School for a little while. And seeing, like you said, just this, I, I can't imagine what that would be like as a child not having somebody to mentor you along. So I, I think that businesses like AJ really speak to that. So we're on the topic of faith. And not everybody can necessarily point to a definite moment, but when do you believe this was that moment when you gave your life to Christ? I think it happened a whole bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there's like, I remember in Sunday school going up and get saved. And I grew up same thing. My parents are, are Christian. My grandparents are Christian. I grew up in the church. Um, and there's definitely different times in my life where I went to give my life, right? To say the sinner's prayer and, and accept Jesus into my life. And it was actually when we, we were in Finley. Uh, we go to, to New Life Assembly of God. And Pastor Dutch was teaching a sermon about how God doesn't want grandkids. Mm. He wants, he doesn't want you riding on the coattails of your parents. And that's what mm. I did, right? You asked me like why I believe something. I'm like, yeah. well, that's what my mom always said to believe or my dad always said to yeah, believe. Yeah, and yeah. So to really take ownership of my faith and really do some of my own research and, you know, I'm not perfect by any means, but um, have my own yeah. convictions about things. Yeah. Um, you know, that really, that sermon that he preached, I don't know, eight or nine years ago really got me digging on my own and not riding my parents' coattails of their their faith, but having my own faith. Yeah, so that's the moment when you believe that you really became serious about mm -hmm. your faith, when yeah. you start pursuing it, really, like you said, made it your own. How did things change for you after that? I've always like tried to help people, but that really, that was probably the biggest change, really, and trying to embody that and just be that. I was that at church and that at work that home that's just kind of who I am I don't know I think that was probably the biggest change just that loving people where they're at for who they are and not having any preconceived notions about maybe what they can do for me or mm -hmm. anything like that I think those were some of the biggest changes when I started really taking ownership of my faith yeah well, one of the big reasons why I asked you here today, actually, was um, because of a certain promotional that you did, uh, I think it was last year, and it made headlines everywhere uh, regarding there was a day uh, where the profits from your store went to the employees. Is that is that correct? Mm -hmm. It was actually the gross sales. So the it wasn't in the profits. It was every dollar that came in oh, wow. went back to the employees. Oh, wow. But talk about that a little bit, because I'm, I'm very curious. What, what gave you that? I mean... A lot of what you said just now, you know, to me makes total sense. But just for myself and the listeners, uh, what gave you that idea? What led to that? Um, I think it was, gosh, it was, it was during COVID and it was right kind of towards the beginning of that employee shortage where you'd go places and you just wait in line forever to, mm. to be served at all. And then they're apologizing because, you know, only one other person showed up to work today. Yeah. I mean, I heard stories from friends, and I mean, we I think we all have stories over the last mm -hmm. year and a half or so where it's just the service just wasn't up to par for whatever establishment you were at. And, and I'm sitting there looking at my staff, and I'm like, gosh, these guys have just been with me the whole time. I mm -hmm. never really, I mean, sure, we had some times where like, I wish I'd have had one or two more people, but we really functioned at a pretty high level because people just, stuck around and like 
I need to do something for these guys that speaks more than just like, hey, you did a good job today, so I go next door and get drinks for people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Gatorade or, you know, juice or something that we don't serve at the pizza shop. You know, something yeah. different or go buy them ice cream or something. Like something more than that, something more impactful that mm-hmm. really would show how much I appreciate that They've just been with me and stuck through all the crap that we've been dealing with for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So that was the driving force. That's cool. That's cool. So it was, it was very much, it was genuine appreciation mm-hmm. for your employees. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think that that's very helpful because I know lots of employees, they go on feeling unappreciated. You know, they stick through it. And, and I, I don't mean to, because I know that as an owner, as an employer, that you know, there's lots of challenges you have to go through and you have to think about, man, how am I going to pay these people week right. to week, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, and I really think that caught people's attention because, like, wow, this guy, he's really gone above and beyond because as much as people, I'm sure nobody ever complains about you, but... <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but, but, you know, as, as much as I've heard people complain about their employers, that everybody knows how big of a sacrifice that would be to say, all right, everything's going to the workers today. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine. I mean, the type of money that you could have made on that day. I think that that is an absolutely Christian principle right there, uh, just in using the term sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just talk a little about the business itself. I don't know if you have insight to this, but what it plans to do in the future. So the first store was, yeah, it was in, it was in Tiffin. And I think there was a couple other stores that kind of opened, you know, got their feet wet a little bit and just didn't work out for a whole host of different reasons. I mean... You know, just happens sometimes. And my father-in-law actually went to Rainbow Bible College in Oklahoma. Hmm. So they moved down there with some uh, some friends and opened up two AJ's Heavenly Pizzas down there. One of which is still open today. They're, so you can Google them. They're still there. So so there's that one. I believe it was during that time. The A of the AJ's. So my father-in-law bought him out of the Tiffin location. And then he opened up in Fremont. Hmm. So... Those two are kind of the only two stores for a while. And then the Dissel family, who managed at the Tiffin store for about a decade or longer, uh, they opened one in Upper. Um, and then after that, there was a store that opened in Fostoria that was there for several years. Lots of people remember that and wish we would come back to Fostoria. Mm-hmm. And then they closed. There was a store in Willard for a couple of years. Several years ago, we tried to really kick it into that, like, well, let's try to franchise this. You know, there's a lot of... Some of the reasons the other stores didn't work out was just lack of oversight. You know, if we'd, if we'd have been able to help them in a more efficient way, I think they would have been more successful and stuck around. So franchising allows that. It basically forces that. So we kind of went down that path a little bit and then just, you know, life gets crazy and we didn't do everything we needed to do to get that launched. So... Um, I think that's probably the potential in the future is that it'll be able to be franchised. Oh, that'd be um, cool, yeah. In the future. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be kind of neat to be able to, to do that. Uh, I know my father-in-law, that's something that he's really uh, passionate about for his legacy. No kidding, okay. Um, and he just wants to, you know, it's still his passion, right, to get the word out on the pizza boxes. And if he can do that in four towns or all over Ohio or Michigan and Indiana too or the whole United States, yeah. you know, whatever, wherever God leads, you know, I think... You know, if we start taking the steps and that's what we're supposed to do, I think doors will start opening and it'll just happen. So, so when you talk about that, I, I think about places like take Hobby Lobby or uh, Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, when, when I think about these types of businesses, they have a lot of impact. I mean, it seems like people really appreciate having a place they can go to that is a Christian-owned, you know, open about their faith. Why do people get excited about that? I don't necessarily know why people get passionate about it, but I know why they're successful. I think if you're doing God's will, I think he makes you successful beyond even what you're capable of. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of what they're out there doing and representing and being true to that. Um, I think God's just rewarding them for that. Yeah, and I think that's a very good redirect right there too because it goes back to, it sounds like, uh, your father-in-law's original vision was to give glory to God, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, yeah, it's through pizza. That's an unlikely yep. means. A chicken sandwich was an unlikely means. Hobbies, crafts, you yeah. know, those are <laughs> unlikely means to be able to communicate God's word and God's uh, love for humanity. But here we are. <laughs> you got yep. the heavenly pizza coat. You got the John 3.16 across... Uh, across it as well and so people see that I mean people see your vehicles they see your store and uh, I mean there's just no denying that, that it's a Christian owned business mm-hmm. but on top of that what, what I find really impressive is is that you guys put out an incredible product <laughs> thank you and, uh, and uh, you know what that actually reminds me of something I was going to ask you so let's say my first time I've been to AJ's before but let's let's say my first time going to AJ's Heavenly Pizza and I'm looking for something to give me a good first impression what do I go with? Oh man you know I'm, I'm a big stickler on pepperoni pizza I That's knew you were going to say that pepperoni pizza just pepperoni it gives you good you get good flavor for the quality of a couple of the ingredients like you can pick up like the quality of, like the cheese I mean, you can taste the you know, the sauce is really important. Um, that's one of our, one of the things that sets us apart is our sweet sauce. I think, I don't want to say anyone you can make, anybody can make a good specialty pizza, but really like you put enough stuff on right? And you're tasting just like the stuff or, you know what I mean? But like to get a good feeling for the quality of the, the product being created, you want something like just pepperoni, even just a cheese pizza. We can really pick up on some of those core ingredients and the quality of that. Going with the golden standard, the pepperoni yep. pizza. You can't beat it. And you know, I, I remember trying it at Balloon Fest. And honestly, now that I think about it, I think that Balloon Fest was the first time I had AJ's Heavenly Pizza. And it wasn't the last. <laughs> <laughs> and we only served pepperoni. So and you only served pepperoni. Exactly. That's what I was going to get at. It was pepperoni pizza at Balloon Fest. So, yeah. So, if you haven't tried AJ's Heavenly Pizza yet, Pepperoni pizza is where to go. Here we go. Okay. So we've had some bad weather here lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one thing that, that and not going to lie, my mind goes here too. We need to get food. We don't really feel like making anything right now. Let's <laughs> order pizza. What, what sorts of, I mean, uh, uh, what, what sorts of tips would you give to people who are driving in inclement weather and delivering pizza? You know, it's, it's kind of funny. It seems like it goes either one way or the other, right? People either tip you nothing for going out in the crappy way. And they comment, they're like, man, it's really bad out there. Like, yeah, it's pretty terrible. And they're like, zero dollar tip. Or, or they're just the other way. They're just so grateful that you came out to them. And then you get the much larger tip. So there's not as much of those like two to five dollar tips, which is pretty standard, you know, tipping. Um, you either get like zeros or like 10, 15, 20 dollar tips, which I find odd that, especially because it's always the people that comment. They're like, man, it's really bad out there. Also, I'm not going to tip you for coming all the way. 
So appreciate your pizza drivers for sure. Anybody that, anybody that delivers food to your place during those times. Oh, yeah, times. absolutely. Yep. It'll kind of change pace a little bit. So yep. going back to the uh, whole faith element, favorite book of the Bible. What's your favorite book of the Bible? Oh, man, that's kind of a tough one. You could cop out and just say the whole thing. Yeah, I could. I could. <laughs> that's the whole, the one big book that holds all the books. That's, that would have been a smart answer. That's um, can I say the Gospels? Right? The Matthew, yeah, no, Mark, Luke, John? Because yeah. they're kind of the same book, just from different perspectives. Is there yeah. is there any particular Gospel that stands out? Or is this pretty much all of them? Just pretty much all of them. Just yeah. that whole, the whole scope and, right? I mean, learning about the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. That's the good news, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, abs- <laughs> and from a Bible scholar perspective, I, I have to say that, uh, that, yeah, putting it together is all of them. There is actually... Well, I'll just put it this way. There's a beauty about that. Mm-hmm. The gospel writers, they did all have different perspectives on the events, describing mostly the same events, but from their own perspectives. But also sometimes they're, uh, they order the events differently. And mm-hmm. so it makes you, ask, make, makes you ask questions. And then your mind does this, uh, 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 has to do the exercise of piecing it together. At least for me, my imagination runs wild. I was like, where did this fall into place? And where did that fall into place? Did this happen twice or it only happened once, you know? In the Gospels, of course, that's where we find the story of Jesus Christ. And we learn specifically about what he did, how he did it, you know, the specific commands to his disciples and so forth. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's really good. All right, now, now, favorite verse in the Bible? No, it's got to be John 3.16. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Yeah, John 3, 6, I, I couldn't imagine why you said John 3, I, 16. Yeah, I know. Randomly <laughs> popped into my head. <laughs> Just in case you've never seen an AJ's uh, Heavenly Pizza box or anything, uh, John 3, 16 is printed on everything. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, let, let's say that somebody out there, say that it's a person of faith, that they want to be able to share their faith with other people, but they're not looking at going into ministry. What sorts of advice would you give somebody like that? Live it. Live it. That's the best thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Right? They say the, you want people to look at you and be like, why are they, whatever it is, happy all the time? What mm-hmm. makes you happy all the time? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then that gives you an opportunity for that conversation to tell your story a little bit and, and share your ministry with people. What about from like a business owner's perspective? Let's say that somebody has decided to go into business for themselves and they want to use their um, uh, use it as an outlet for their faith. What advice would you have for somebody in that situation? Focus on your people. I think is Ooh, the biggest, yeah. the biggest thing. Your closest to you that you see every day that you work with all the time, and you can use that to minister to them um, and help them with stuff going on in their life. And, and that's a fulfilling. Um, what Jesus calls is essentially the second greatest command is to uh, love your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. And that's something when I when I talk to people about about going to church, you know, it's hard to love somebody else without somebody else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have that other person. Yeah. Community is so important. Yeah. So Josh, with the mission of AJ's Heavenly Pizza, again, we kind of discussed that that's bigger than just selling pizza, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the involvement you have with people is just phenomenal. Again, the entire community has recognized that it, you guys have the same reputation just all around. I, I know people that have uh, worked for you all. If there's one thing that you want people to know, um, not just about your business, but uh, if there's one thing you want people just to just to know for their own lives, what, what would that be? 
That's a pretty deep question. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it really just follows like what you're saying about the second biggest commandment. You just, just love people. Just take people. You don't, we all got our stuff, right? And people just need to know that they're cared about. Yeah. No matter what they've got going on, you kind of meet them where they're at and help lift them up, right? It's about, yeah, just that. Just helping people be better people. And that in turn is going to help you be a better person. You know, just in my experience in dealing with people in business settings, uh, lots of times it's dog eat dog, and they mm-hmm. think that the way to get ahead is to uh, is to push other people down. It creates an environment that that uh, people feel less. Mm-hmm. You know, they walk, they get home from work, and and they feel, um, you know, they feel like they wasted their day. They feel like their time is a waste, and they they ask themselves, why on earth? Am I working where I'm working? And uh, I have to say, I I think I mentioned briefly that I know people that have worked at Heavenly Pizza, and I cannot think of one. I mean, that that has has said that man, I need to get out of here. Uh, I remember a few friends of mine have delivered pizza to us from AJ's, and uh, and it's and I feel good for them that they're able to participate in your business in that sort of way. It seems that you are the type of person that builds people up, cares about people. Josh, do you have any closing comments as we're wrapping up today? Anything, any last thoughts you want to share? None that I can think of. I think you hit everything pretty good. All right, all right. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate your time today, Josh. Uh, again, this is the Bill Sang Podcast. My name is Bill Sang. My guest today is Josh Elkert from AJ's Heavenly Pizza. If you haven't had AJ's Heavenly Pizza yet, make sure you do it. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Black Swan Blues in my home. Black Swamp Blues, take me home